Hello, I am Zelda Volkov and you are listening to the Oh My God podcast. This is a space where honest conversation and raw interaction takes place. In these 25 minutes, I interview badass trailblazers and industry leaders about the things that they had to overcome to achieve success. The challenges that they faced as human beings first and as industry leaders second, leaving you with actionable techniques and takeaways to implement into your life immediately, taking you from where you are right now to where you want to go. Today's guest is Kaya Volko. Kaya is a maternal mental health advocate who has created a wonderful online community for mothers struggling with their mental health pre and post birth. She's a mom, a wife, and most importantly to us, she's Zelda's younger sister. Now, over to the Volkovs. Kaya, welcome to the Oh My God podcast. It is such an honor and a privilege to have you and to have a conversation with you on my podcast, specifically because you are my sister. I don't know how, how, many, um, how many of you listeners know that Kaya is my younger sister, but um, I thought that it would be so exciting and interesting to have a conversation with her that is real, vulnerable, um, that will be so insightful to you guys, because obviously me and my sister have very real and raw conversations, but bringing a little bit of that to you guys is going to be so great, and it's such an honor to have you. So thank you, Kaya, for sharing and for conversing with me on the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is a true honor. It's actually my first podcast that I am participating in, and I've heard so many great things about your podcast, people quoting what you said, and, you know, sometimes as a sister, you can be, you know, like, oh, what is her podcast all about? But then when you see that random strangers are messaging you, quoting your sister, it got real. <laughs> like, wow. Like, you're so sweet. You are so sharing sweet. words of wisdom, and your message should be reaching a lot of people. You're so sweet. Thank you, Kaya. So, the podcast is really all about, uh, you know, like as someone that's really dedicated to my growth and evolution, um, I always looked up to, you know, different mentors or different successful people or different, you know, um, masters in their industries. And what always occurred to me is that I was always looking at the end, you know, at these, at these people when they've already reached their success or the height or the climax in their careers. And I was, you know, and still am struggling and I'm still trying to find my way and I'm still trying to evolve and grow. And I'm like, what is it about the struggles and the challenges that I'm not hearing from all these people? You know, it's like, nobody gets to the top without being challenged. Nobody gets to the top without falling a million times. And so I made this podcast so that we could delve deeply into the fact that we are all human, wherever we are in the spectrum of our success or whatever we define success, we are still very much not immune to failures and setbacks. And so I, I love to, you know, discuss a little bit of that um, in terms of your personal, you know, success, your personal career, and what challenges you faced or faced, because I know that you've, you, you're so brave in, um, in being able to carry the conversation of um of the pain of, of of things that some people don't like to talk about so i'm really excited to dig dig into that thank you 
So why don't we start off uh, by you telling me a little bit or sharing with us a little bit about your, you know, the beginning. You know, we, we were both obviously grew up very Russian in, in, our, in our home, yeah. but kind of like take us back, take us back into, into the story of your evolution. So I grew up in a very insular community and I really loved my life. Like I never, I really never questioned anything religion related until I got to high school when I started loving fashion and I started getting attracted to boys. So normal, right? Like you want to look good. You want a guy to tell you you're pretty, right? Like it's so, it's such a healthy, normal teenager reaction. So that's the time when I started questioning, um, do I really have to keep all this? Do I really have to be sneeze the way they're telling me? And that's when I started making my own choices. I realized that keeping all the laws of sneeze was not going to be something that I keep for the rest of my life. It was going to be something I tried very, very hard to hide um, during my high school year so that I don't get kicked out. Um, whatever sneeze I kept then was solely a uh, survival reaction, not a meaningful one. Um, and then when I was, you know, dating, I, I went back into a spiritual mode. And for real, it was real. I got him back into that spiritual mode and I was wearing the garb, almost mid-calf. I remember like sometimes you'd make fun of me. <laughs> like, Chaya, you don't need to wear the kikiriki to the top. <laughs> right. And, um, but I was stark, I was strong, like, no, this is my values. And, and for that time it was, and it was real. And I would do all those things. And then I realized that I wasn't happy with the way I was. I wasn't, ha I wasn't fully, fully happy. And I would say that once I had Schneer, once I gave birth to him, I started allowing myself to really think what level I was on religion-wise and balance it in that way. So I knew that Shabbos and kosher was a non-negotiable for me. I truly, truly believed in Shabbos and kosher as like my DNA. And that was something that not only was I gonna keep forever, but it was also something that I was, I wanna even get stronger in it. And I wanna like add to the way I keep Shabbos. You know, sometimes we rip toilet paper, not even thinking, I wanna dig into that. I want to under I want to be like my grandfather who ripped it before Shabbos, you know, things like that. And I think it's only because I allowed myself to really make religion my own without caring for a second what anybody has to say makes me be able to keep what I keep with so much integrity and value. That's that's beautiful. That's really amazing that you always had that uh, strength and that courage to really pave your own path and kind of figure out what works for you, what doesn't, and kind of deal with the consequences as they come as a result of your, you know, challenging the rules and the regulations. You, you were always like that, you know, like I, you know, we're sisters. We grew up in the same yeah. household. I was always, you know, the, the, the goody goody, the people pleaser while you always you know, figured out shit for yourself. It's all about, you know, nature versus nurture, like that whole debate. But you had something in your blood that was, you know, courageous and, uh, you know, didn't care 
At the time, I was not called courageous for it. Right, of course. At the time, I was belittled and made fun of. Uh, I'll never forget the words people that were in authority told me. Um, but you know what? That only makes me stronger. Because right. Why was I so strong? Why didn't I allow authority to rule my rule and govern my personal decisions? Because I knew that I am a human being. They make decisions about their life. I can make decisions about my life. Right. In a free society. And if I don't step down and make my own decisions, then who am I? Who am I? I'm it's so amazing that you had this ingrained belief because this self-worth and this, you know, feeling of deserving um, and being an equal being to everybody around us is something that most people are challenged with. And this inability to see their worth and to value themselves um, enough is really the root cause of all of their issues. And it's something that you felt so strongly from an early age. And I find that yeah. so fascinating because we are sisters. I struggled with self-worth for forever. And um, I think it's so extremely fascinating. And I think it's very, very much correlated with how we come into this world, at what situation, you know, like I, was born at a time when mommy and Tati were struggling financially. They were trying right. to make ends meet. Um, you know, they were really trying their best and they were yeah. just drowning, you know? And you came into their lives, into our lives, at a time when we were in a much more abundant, uh, financially stable, chill vibe. And I think right. that's so, and I think that's so, you know, it's a real reflection of who we become right. depending on how we are raised. And I think that actually goes into, it's a perfect uh, gateway to discuss, you know, having children. When is the right way to have children? Yeah. And making sure that we're all mentally prepared and mentally equipped um, to deal with that because the, the ramifications and the consequences are lifelong. Oh, yes. So I... Um, got engaged and married when I was 19 and I was so happy because I knew that I married the person for me. You know, it was never, I never felt like I rushed into anything because I knew that million times over, this is going to be the guy that I would choose. He, he matched my personality so well. I was attracted to him. I felt everything that somebody should feel when they are committing to a lifelong decision. You know, did we know each other? No, we didn't know each other. Definitely not. But I knew there was so much potential in the relationship. And in fact, there was. So do I suggest that way of dating? That's a separate topic. But I, I know that I married the right person and thank God Hashem blessed me in that topic. But I got married and having a baby was kind of like, you know, you wouldn't miss a Sheva Bracha. You're obviously getting pregnant right away, right? Like, come on, <laughs> birth control, what? So right. like not even a thought. It was like, you get married, you have a kid. That's your duty. Um, but more than a duty, it's a privilege. And guess what? It is. It is a privilege. The greatest privilege that so many people don't get to experience. And I feel so bad for them. And I daven for them when I light candles. But my point is that if you're not ready, it can be just as damaging as not having kids at all. So we have to remember that. 
this is something so holy, but you also need to be ready for it. You need to be ready for that big change. And um, what what is something what what is something that you feel that is not discussed enough about having babies postpartum? Uh, what what has been your experience, or what is you know? So, I know that you're an advocate for postpartum depression. Yes. Um, and I think it's very important to, to share that. So I had Schneer, um, things were relatively fine. The pregnancy was fine, um, but labor was completely traumatic. It lasted, I feel like every time my count goes up, but <laughs> the, last, <laughs> the last few months, it's been 36 hours. Um, we'll keep it to that. Um, and it was an awful experience, both the hospital, the staff, the mean doctors. But you know what was the most traumatizing thing? Beyond blaming all the medical staff, there was a lady there who wasn't ready, and that was me. I wasn't ready for the change that was about to happen to me. And it was so scary. When they finally put Schneer on my chest, I was like, felt numb completely numb. I remember I was like, oh my God, everyone says that you feel love at first sight. You feel, you know, um, elated. Where is it? Where is it? Like, what do I press? Where am I? Like, like, like someone help me, you know, like you're stuck and you want to, you want someone to like press the button on your, on your right arm and it will happen. And that's when I was like, oh, my whole life, I've been hearing one dialogue about motherhood, but the other dialogue was just not heard yet. The women who are shocked, the women who are resentful at birth, the women who are upset at birth, we don't hear them. We don't hear them. And that is why I um, opened up my page about postpartum because eventually my... Um, feeling of being unheard and feeling like the anomaly led to my postpartum depression. It was a very, very bitter journey. And um, it's such a powerful thing that you said, yeah. you know, that there was a woman that wasn't ready. And I, and I think in some ways, like your body wasn't, your mind wasn't ready. That's why your body wasn't ready. Yes. Actually I actually thought that. Yes. So, I was trying to protect my mind. Exactly. And, and that's literally what we do. You know, we will try our hardest to to go after pleasure and really, really avoid pain at all costs, which is why we procrastinate, which is why we make up excuses, even though things are, less, are, are maybe good for us, maybe we want to do it, but our minds play the tricks for us. And in your case, your body was really rejecting the reality because you're yeah. not ready and that being ready is such a powerful thing and not only being ready is a powerful thing having the conversation having the dialogue around um, all different types of realities in terms of motherhood and also having the 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 knowledge that it's normal that it's it should be completely acceptable are not going the way that you know the fairy tale way exactly. that you, you 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 were raised to to expect you know and I think that goes for everything with relationships with parenting with um, with health with money with finances we have these uh, images that we want to you know showcase the world that we got yeah. it together that we have the picturesque um, you know perfect 
family, perfect home, perfect children, when in reality, there's nothing perfect about being human. And our strengths come from our uh, falls, but then, you know, from, from the ability to pick ourselves up. And I think it's also very powerful to mention that, you know, you so you have, you know, the adorable Schneider that we love so much. Oh, yeah. Five years old. Oh, my and God. And you're not um, going to rush and have another baby until you are ready. Right. When people ask me, like, you know, when are you having another one? First, I get hurt. I get hurt because deep down, I want my son to have a sibling his age. I know what siblings meant for me and how different my life would have been without you and Rihanna and Samala and, you know, <laughs> it would have been, it would feel so empty. I want to give that to him and God willing, I will. And what I tell people is I really dive in that when I'm ready, Hashem's ready. I, That's beautiful. Because I don't take fertility for granted at all. But I do know that having a baby when you're not ready is dangerous. And that's beautiful that you have that courage and that strength to do what is necessary for you and your truth and your family. Because like you mentioned, it was so nice to have siblings growing up. But if mommy was not mentally stable or mentally there or mentally present or, you know, that wouldn't be a, a beautiful childhood that you would recall, you know? Right. So it's so important to... To right, so mommy really was able to handle it. Mommy had higher power. No, what I'm saying is, right, exactly, of course. But what I'm saying is that not only do you have the awareness of what you feel and what's good for you and what you, you know, around this topic, but you also equally have the courage to go after what you know is right. Because a lot of people have the awareness. They understand their capabilities. They understand yeah. their limitations, but they do not withstand the pressures. Right, the right. Of the society, so they, you know, they self-reject and they guilt themselves and they shame themselves, and a lot of them are, you know, walking around, um, you know, depressed and very yeah. sad. And so this is so important. Um, why don't you share with us where people could find you and your page so that they could? Um, so my page is called Perinatal Support. Perinatal dot support. P-E-R-I-N-A-T-A-L dot support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T. And over there, it's really just a beginning state of my page, um, but I will be committed to um, continuing that um, path and really advocating for the underdog. And the underdog here being women who are not heard they, why are women not heard? Because women feel like they can't complain about the challenges of motherhood because why? We don't complain about blessings. Well, I'm here to change that dialogue. You can be blessed and you can also complain. Because That's so true. Women. That's, That's why. That's so true. Yeah. And, and we should be able to share our reality. That doesn't mean that we are not grateful for no, our mean other realities. Exactly. I uh, am eternally you... grateful for my son. He's my biggest blessing in my life. Exactly. I will still uh, always admit that it was hard. What is something that you could end off with and share, um, you know, a tool or something that you've, uh, that you've really, you know, held on to that has helped you, uh, you know, accelerate in your growth, in your self-awareness uh, that you could leave our listeners with? 
So the first story that comes to mind is um, I was actually at your birthday and um, it was such a fun birthday. I was drinking, um, you know, being surrounded by friends and family. Um, somebody came over to me and I had known her um, from years past, but we never really were close. She was kind of like my friend's sister. You know, you know them, but you, you, don't, you don't talk to them really. She comes over to me and she says, I want you to know my family says, thank you. I was like, for what? And she said, um, you saved my sister's life. And I was, for a second, I literally stopped and I felt chills go down my whole body because I've never heard that being spoken to me before. I'm not a Hatzala member, I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor. I don't save people's lives on a normal basis. And she said, well, last year when my sister was going through um, a challenge with her mental health postpartum, you stepped in and, and she immediately got help. And it's because of you that she got help early. Um, wow. And it was a real life-changing moment for me. I realized that so many times we will avoid helping people just because we're worried that if we do help that person in that event, that our name will be stained. Because if we were in that situation and helping another person, that means that we've been through that. We've been through that quote unquote staining experience, right? So that will oftentimes encourage people to step away and let the quote unquote professionals handle it, right? That is when I was like, I don't have to be under a rock my whole life. What I went through with um, postpartum is supposed to be something that I help people with, not something that I'm in of. And so exactly. me was like, yes, this is the way, this is the way we're going to make waves and make change by not being embarrassed of it. Having a postpartum issue is nothing to be ashamed of. It doesn't, it's very mean postpartum. It doesn't care if you're rich. It doesn't care if you're poor. It doesn't care if you are, um, went to a high-end school or a low-end school. It doesn't care. Postpartum is evil. It can attack anybody, even the most put-together people. Exactly. That's beautiful that you were able to take your experience even though, you know, in our community specifically, it's, you know, something to be shameful about, um, you were able to see past it and really help another person. And with your page, you're really able to, um, you know, bring the conversation to light, normalize it. And you're really, really absolutely saving people, helping people. And it's really, this goes with everything. The thing that we're most shamed about is really the thing that we are here for. Oh, yeah. The thing that we are most shamed for is really the thing that we're here for to actually inspire and illuminate the world. Yes. You know, it's uh, Rumi actually said, the 14th century poet, he said, um, it's the light. The light enters the, the hole in our wound. The light that we have to share into the world. Wow. <laughs> our wound. How powerful. So, wow. So powerful. Um, Kaya, thank you so much 
for uh, for doing this conversation. It's absolutely incredibly powerful. And um, I definitely know that we're, I'm going to bring you on again to oh, um, you. You know, share more insight because you're so real and raw and vulnerable and uh, a breath of fresh air. And uh, it's so exciting to have you. One more thing I just wanna add um, to the people listening who might be suffering a challenge right now is that the words of the Friedrich Rebbe after he um, left jail, he said these words, he said, I would never want to repeat what happened to me again, but I'm grateful that it happened because what I've learned through the experience has made me grow so much. And that's exactly how I feel about my postpartum journey. Do I want to go through it again? Chas v'shalom. No way. It's hell. But I do, what I do want to do is that I want to say that the fact that I've gone through it has made me so much stronger, so much more empathetic, so much more resilient that I thank God that it happened. But I also say never again. Exactly. That's beautiful. Go. Thank you so much, Chaya. That was so powerful and so uplifting. Um, it's such an honor to have you. You know, you are someone that speaks your truth always. You always have been this way. Um, and now seeing, you know, your journey and your work in the postpartum field is, is something I'm so, so inspired by. Thank you for Thank sharing you that Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and letting me be a voice for the people who are struggling and the people who are not struggling, who need to help and support others. Beautiful. It's, it's, it's incredible. I'm, I'm so, I'm so proud of you, Chaya. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Oh My God with Zelda Volkov. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure to leave a review, share it with your friends, and subscribe so that you don't miss next week's episode. Tune in next week for another interview with another badass boss.